Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome, everybody. It's Fantasy Football Today. Finally, we've got the Dynasty Edition. I've been saying for like a week, yeah, we're going to have a Dynasty Show. We're going to have a Dynasty Show. We finally have the Dynasty Show. I am Adam Azer. What's up, Heath Cummings? We're going to be using some of your Dynasty rankings today. Are we? Yeah. That's awesome. Great. I, I don't think you have my Dynasty rankings. Yeah, but I, I know. I'm, I'm I, looking forward to that. Certain players, I know where you have them, so you know, <laughs> we'll be using them. Uh, Jamie, we're not going to be using any of your rankings. That's probably good for our listening audience. But we have a special guest today. We have Ryan McDowell of Dynasty League Football. You can follow him on Twitter at RyanMC23, which is a very cool like DJ name. Uh, Ryan McDowell, welcome to Fantasy Football Today. How you doing? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. What's the 23 for? Don Mattingly? Don Mattingly. You got it. What? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I grew up a Yankees fan, and, and at that point, Donnie Baseball was all we had, so that was that was an easy choice. That is weird because I know you're from Louisville. I had no idea. What a great ge- what a great guess by hey, me, Adam, everybody. What do we want to we want to start over? <laughs> Why? I don't want everybody to hate Ryan because he's a Yankee fan before <laughs> they even hear anything. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you if the Royals were already mathematically eliminated. It, it's, uh, uh, the Royals are undefeated. Thank you very much. It's, oh, okay. uh, uh, Ryan, just to let you know that um, Adam scoured the. Uh, the industry for a uh, dynasty expert and he waited till he found a Yankees fan. <laughs> so that's how you were chosen to be on our show. Hey, that's okay. I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. We're, you know, we know what we're talking about. All right. So we're not going to get into a lot of news today. We will talk about the Jordan Howard trade going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, but mostly we're going to talk about, you know, dynasty as a whole, some strategies, the running back versus wide receiver conundrum, uh, we're going to do a mock draft of a PPR startup dynasty. Uh, you know, what would the top 12 picks be? And we will get into some rankings debates between Heath and uh, Heath's rankings, which I don't really have, and Ryan's rankings, which I do have. So first, the Twitter poll, and this is the piece of news we'll get to today. Ryan posted this on Twitter. Again, he's at RyanMC23. Who gained the most dynasty value as a result of the Chicago-Philadelphia trade? That is Jordan Howard going over to the Eagles. And I voted, and right now my vote is winning. But the options were Jordan Howard, Mike Davis, Tariq Cohen, or other. And Ryan, what would you say? Jordan Howard, Mike Davis, Tariq Cohen, or other. Who gains the most value in this trade? For me, it's Jordan Howard. Uh, we've heard the trade rumors basically all offseason. And, I mean, he, he was just <laughs> just siphoning value there in Chicago. His, his numbers have decreased each year. They were clearly ready to move on. And the Eagles obviously had that hole to fill. We know it's going to be a committee in Philly. That's what we've seen the past uh, two or three years, really the entire time Peterson's been there. But it, it has to be a, a pretty nice value bump for Jordan Howard. Oh, that is not who I voted for. <laughs> Guys, uh, Heath, Jamie, what do you think? Who gains the most value in this trade? I, for me, it would be in where you're starting from. Like if we're talking about from the end of the year last year before we knew that uh, Matt Nagy hated Jordan Howard – I would have probably not thought this changed Jordan's Howard's value at all. But I agree with Ryan that after what's happened over the last month, his value had fallen enough that he probably is. From if we're going from the end of last year, I'd probably say Tariq Cohen. Oh, for me, it's I thought you're going Mike Davis because Tariq Cohen. I don't think his value changes in this I, in this scenario too much. I mean, yeah. I think I hope he gets a bump. I, I spoke to him at the Super Bowl. He said he wanted to get a little bit more work. So he had 170 total touches last year. I think he can get to 200 uh, if things work out optimally in his favor. But Mike Davis goes to take Jordan Howard's old role. And I'm, so, I'm just kind of assuming there's going to be someone else that's drafted that takes Jordan Well, they don't have a lot of draft picks. That's the problem. You know, the, the Khalil Mack trade kind of hurt them. They could still take somebody, clearly. But I, I, I want to see both these backfields after the draft. But I think if we're coming like that, where, where you what you explained, Heath, coming from where last season ended to where we are right now, the leap that Mike Davis gets, right, I think is so significant that he gets the most value. Now that's more of a seasonal thing than a dynasty thing. Uh, this sort of saves Jordan Howard, in my opinion, because he was going to potentially fall on his face if he didn't end up in a team like this that gives him a chance to be the starter. 
All right, so Ryan, why do you think 43% of the vote went to Tariq Cohen, which is who I voted for? 35% Mike Davis, 19% Jordan Howard, 3% other. Um, make the case for Tariq Cohen getting the big bump. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably he's the biggest name when it comes to dynasty in the trade. He had already um, eclipsed Jordan Howard despite Howard being the starter. Cohen was already the guy that dynasty owners wanted uh, in that backfield. So I, I guess that's it. But I, I agree with you guys. The, I think the Bears are clearly going to add someone. If they don't, Davis gets the big bump, in, in my opinion. And I think we'll see a pretty similar role for Cohen that we saw the past couple of years. Okay. Yeah, I, I voted for Cohen because I thought that maybe this was a sign that his role would increase. I, like Nagy said, I, I could get the quote for you, but Nagy said at the Super Bowl, excuse me, at the owners' meetings this week, that he doesn't necessarily want to overwork him in terms of Tariq Cohen, which kind of makes sense, you know, just how they used him a year ago. Uh, it's frustrating because, you know, you'd like to see him with, like I said, just a, a few more. Well, touches. I, yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like, there is a a huge gap right. between Tariq Cohen feature back and Tariq Cohen last year. He had 99 carries last year. Right. If I right now for my projections for this year have him at 135, which I guess is two and a half more carries per game. Uh, but that does make a pretty decent difference in that running back two range. I, I I agree. I mean, like I said, if he can go from 170 total, say the catches stay the same. Like you said, if he gets to 130 carries that puts him right about 200 total touches then you're talking a significant enough boost where ryan's right i mean not i don't think it's just dynasty i think it's also seasonal um and we're talking more ppr here than non-ppr the the view is that cohen is the better or at least comparing to howard was the better running back i think davis though the difference between davis and howard is i think Nagy will view davis as a pass catcher i don't think he viewed howard as a pass catcher now, Davis showed he could do that last year in Seattle. He had some good moments when Rashad Penny and, and Mike and uh, Chris Carson were, were banged up. Uh, so I, I think that's, I think, where it kind of hurts the, the ceiling play for Tariq Cohen. I don't know if he's going to get to the place we want him to get to or we're hoping he gets to because there's a uh, Davis may not be as good of a runner as Jordan Howard at least was, but I think he's a better, more well-rounded running back, especially in this offense. Ryan, how do you see these three getting drafted in dynasty leagues? Oh, it's it's certainly still Cohen as the first guy off the board. Um, really, really not even close. And then, uh, and then Howard will be next. I expect Howard to uh, again to get a pretty nice bump value wise. If you're looking at ADP data, which we have over at Dynasty League Football, uh, Howard should climb probably one or two rounds just based on this trade. And, and then Davis, I think. I think dynasty owners are just going to be a little scared to invest until we actually get past the draft, see what they do. Uh, I I think they're going to draft a running back. It just depends uh, how early. Okay, last question to wrap this up, and I'll start with you, Ryan. What are your expectations for Jordan Howard in Philadelphia? This is a, a guy who still had 935 yards and nine touchdowns on 250 carries, and he added 20 catches. So, I mean, at the end of the day, his production's been there each of the last two seasons, and certainly in his rookie season when he was really impressive. But it has sort of felt like, I don't know, uh, it, it has not felt very electric. It's been kind of frustrating and unexciting. Um, but is he still capable of putting up big numbers? Does the move to Philadelphia help? Or is he just sort of, I don't know, a plotter who just needs a bunch of work in order to put up good numbers? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's going to change. We're we're not going to suddenly see him become an electric type player. I think that's that's what they tried to do at the beginning of last season when they were feeding him targets, and we saw how that went. So he's going to be the same type of player. But um, I think in Philly they just don't have as many options. They don't have a treat Cohen that they can uh, that they can put in there and steal those uh, steal those targets or even steal that work between the twenties. So. I would expect him to have maybe a LeGarrette Blunt type year that we saw, I believe, two years ago with with the Eagles, um, and I think he only he only ended up with a couple touchdowns that year, which is really hard to believe. But he um, he had over over 750 yards. I expect pretty much the same from Howard, maybe more yardage and almost certainly more touchdowns. All right, that'll put a little wrap on that news. Let's talk dynasty here. 
Ryan, for uh, for the sake of our listeners, what is the difference between a keeper league and a dynasty league? Sure. So in, in dynasty, you're essentially keeping your entire roster from year to year. Uh, in, in keeper leagues, you're keeping a limited number of players, sometimes as few as one or two, sometimes 10 or 15. Um, but in dynasty, you're keeping everybody. You're still dropping players. You're making trades just like any other league. Uh, but but you at least have the option to keep your entire roster from year to year. If you were going to recommend some settings for a dynasty league, the first one I would recommend is, and we're, you and I are in a dynasty league together. Uh, you got to have a lot of starters because dynasty leagues usually have big rosters, and one dynasty league I play in has like normal size starting lineups, and it's just like what's the point? I've got so many more guys on my bench. This is useless. So I like to expand it. We have. Uh, one quarterback, a super flex, which obviously is usually a second quarterback. Two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, and then three flex spots, and it's PPR. What what recommendations would you give somebody who's starting a dynasty league? I totally agree with you. Not only large rosters, but large starting lineups as well. I like to start at least ten players uh, in in my leagues. And you mentioned super flex. I think that's uh, that's another setting that I would encourage. Yeah, I love it. it even even new dynasty players to use. Um, I, I play in several one quarterback dynasty leagues, and and honestly, outside of guys like Patrick Mahomes, I mean, quarterbacks are a dime a dozen. They they simply have no value. Even if you're talking about guys like Russell Wilson or, or Cam Newton, you, you can hardly trade those guys for a first round rookie pick. Ryan, I think one of the questions we get often is in a full dynasty league. Let's assume we're not playing IDP. How many rounds do you generally go in the rookie draft? Most of my leagues are four. Uh, I think you'll see three or four as, as being pretty much the standard. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, with IDP, that would that would obviously increase. But I think three or four is pretty typical. Uh, and how about the regular draft? If you're doing a startup, how many rounds would you recommend? Well, again, there you're you're determining your your roster size with right. how, how deep that draft is. So uh, my rule is typically two and a half times your starting lineup. So if you go with those larger starting lineups, 9, 10, 11 players, you're typically talking about at least 25 rounds and 25 roster spots. Yeah, and it's fun. I mean, then you start really looking yeah. for gems, you know, hidden gems, guys that might not pay off this year, but hopefully will pay off in a year or two or maybe in the second year. Um, running backs or wide receivers, <laughs> kind of a loaded question in dynasty, but is there like a rule of thumb? Well, it's, um, I mean, that's something that's been changing over the past couple of years. We had a, a long stretch there where the entire dynasty landscape was dominated by wide receivers. And of course, if you go back, uh, 10 or 12 years, that was running backs with guys like LaDainian Tomlinson and Sean Alexander, Larry Johnson. We, so we saw that shift to wide receivers when, A.J. Green, Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson came into the league, and now it's shifted back now that we have the elite running backs. And it, it really just comes down to the talent that's in the league at the time and and the the depth of that talent. Right now, I think wide receivers a little bit deeper. That's why you'll see a lot of dynasty players building their teams early around those running backs. There's, uh, there's of course, some very talented running backs, but uh, I, I think the depth is still a question at that position. And by the way, everybody, I have a bunch of your Dynasty League emails that I've been saving for weeks that I will read at the end of the show, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. So, Jamie and Heath, how many years out do you plan your you know, your picks, your teams? Um, it's funny because uh, the two Dynasty Leagues I'm in, I'm, I wonder how long they'll be going for. Mm. <laughs> and I think that's something people have to take. No, it, it, I'm, yeah, I'm being serious. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you wonder if, how many people are going to drop out. Like the one that, that Heath and I are in, in the office, uh, we've had some turnover in the people that are in the league, or, you know, that don't work for the company anymore. And you wonder how, how many people are going to actually participate next year without Heath having to try and, you know, find five or six new owners. Um, it's, it's, that's just, uh, I think something people deal with is, is the commitment level. But, uh, I, I would say you, you should probably look two to three years. Yeah, and I probably am more short-sighted than the typical dynasty player, but I I still think that three-year window is a pretty good one. You can look longer for certain positions, but I I don't know how I plan on a running back more than three years. 
Right, and I think that's an argument for a wide receiver. You can you can expect more longevity, but it's hard to pass up great talent at running back. We know what those number one running backs, those studs, can do for your fantasy team. But keep in mind, if you're playing in a deeper league, any one particular player has less of an impact on your on the you know percentage of overall points scored. Uh, and I am looking forward to doing this uh, this little startup mock draft that we're going to do in a bit. Uh, all right, I'll uh, I'll just ask a few more questions here, Ryan. What's what about tanking? It's so popular in professional sports. What about in dynasty fantasy football? Tanking. Yeah, so I think that was that was interesting that you mentioned the uh, you know the uncertainty with how long the league will last because tanking has to come into that. So I, I wrote an article several several years ago called Productive Struggle, which is. Uh, actually, an, an educational term. I'm a teacher as uh, as a full time job, and the idea that I that I use with productive struggle is um, it, it's it's still tanking. It's mm-hmm. it's the idea of tanking, but it's it's basically what we're seeing the Dolphins do now. What we saw, uh, I guess you could say, the Browns do. The 76ers did that uh, several years ago. You're tanking. You're losing on purpose. You're but you have that um, that endpoint, that end place in mind, and and that's where the productive struggle comes out. It's not just you're losing and you have no hope, but you're losing for a purpose. So uh, I still think it's it's a pretty popular strategy in in dynasty leagues. You'll see uh, you'll see dynasty owners build around the wide receiver position, still build around youth, including loading up on rookies and rookie picks. And, and basically being okay with losing every game for a year, sometimes two years. So, Ryan, I, I do have a question, though, in regards to tanking, because I know you do a lot of uh, commissioner work. I think you guys do a, commission, some, uh, a lot of commissioner questions. Yes. What is the extent, when you're the commissioner of a league, you will allow someone to tank, though? Do you have any rules that you put in place against that? Yeah, yeah, we, we do. Scott Fish and I talk a lot about that, and it's – it's a tough battle to fight because if you if you really want to tank and you really do want to lose, you can you can do it within the rules of basically any league. Uh, again, focusing on young players that might not be productive this year, there there's nothing wrong with that. You're you're in, almost ensuring that you're going to lose, but at the same time, it's not really tanking. So I I think you can have rules uh, requiring you to start active players, uh, requiring you to um, you know, it give basically give your best effort, but there's there's always going to be loopholes. How valuable do you guys think this upcoming year is? Uh, the the first rookie pick is, uh, you know, it, it, unfortunately this there's not a Saquon Barkley out there, but you know, Ryan, how valuable? Um, what's your take on the NFL draft? I guess is the question in terms of dynasty. Sure. Well, it's certainly not as valuable as it has been. Um, in years past, and, and part of that is because there's there's not a player like Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Todd Gurley, and, and so forth. Um, if you ask ten different dynasty players, you might get four or five different answers as as to who their uh, their favorite rookie in this class is, or who they would take with that 1.01 pick. So because of that, it it doesn't have the value as it has in past years. We don't see. Uh, we're not seeing a huge difference between the one one and and even the one one point oh five. Mm. Would it be crazy, Jamie and Heath, to take a tight end with one one? I think so. Unless, I, I like. I'm just thinking of which which guy gets to New England, right? I, yeah, I I would just think, and this could be wrong, and you could get burnt by trying to do this. But if I really thought a tight end was the guy I wanted at 1.1, I'd be seeing what somebody wanted to pay to move up a few picks. Right. Okay. Well, Go ahead. Sorry, I, Ryan. Sorry. For me, when you're talking tight end, and, and, and I do agree that if New England lands one of these top three, Noah Fant, um, Irv Smith, or, or TJ Hawkinson, then they're certainly going to gain a lot of value. Right now, all of those guys are kind of in that late first, early second round range. Uh, and, and they would they would shoot up the boards when you're looking at rookie drafts if they go to New England. But if you have the one one and that's really the player you want, if you have a weakness at tight end, you don't have to add much to that one point oh one to get Travis Kelsey 
to get George Kittle. Uh, you can probably use that pick even up to buy Zach Ertz. So if tight ends, what you want to address with that 1.01 pick, I think there's better ways to do that than even drafting one of those rookies. Well, let's pretend we're doing a startup dynasty league right now. Rosters are empty. We're just going to do one round and we'll each give one pick, you know, four picks at a time, I guess. Or, well, that doesn't really make any sense, but you'll see how it works. Um, and I'm not going to give Ryan the first pick because it's too easy. I'm going to take the first pick and let the smarter people make the harder choices. Homer. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to take Eli Manning. Now I'm going to take Saquon Barkley. It's a, we're going to do a PPR format here and just let's see what, let's get a top 12 out there. So I will start with Saquon Barkley and Heath, I'll put you on the clock for the second pick. I will take Alvin Kamara. Jamie, you're third. I'll take Ezekiel Elliott. All right, Ryan, you're on the clock with the fourth pick. All right. You guys you guys made it pretty easy. I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey. He's actually my second-ranked player overall right now. Uh, obviously close with, with those four running backs, but uh, CMC for me. So we got four running backs. We got Barkley one, uh, and then he took Kamara. Then Jamie took Zeke. And then Ryan took his number two player, McCaffrey. Uh, Heath, what's your name? Heath, why did you take Alvin Kamara? I just think they – listen, on a per-touch basis, he's arguably the best player in football. And they gave him a little bit of an increased workload last year, a lot when Mark Ingram was out. I think that he sees not the workload he saw those first four games – but more than he saw his rookie year and more than he saw in the last 12 games last year, especially in the passing game. Okay, let's go to number five. Oh, I'm on the clock. I don't want to be number five because now I don't know where to take Todd Gurley. This is so tough. I had the number one pick in Dynasty last year, and I took Todd Gurley, and I thought about taking Barkley, but I took Gurley. And, you know, I had a good year. What lost in the finals. Uh, gosh, do I go here? I think I'm going to take DeAndre Hopkins, and this is where, you know, longevity comes into it. I will take Hopkins, who's actually Ryan's number two ranked wide receiver behind Odell Beckham. But Heath, you are on the clock with a six pick as DeAndre Hopkins is now off the board. Yeah, and Hopkins is my number one receiver, but I would really just call him 1A and Beckham 1B. So I'll gladly take Beckham here at six. Jamie, you've got seven. I'm going to take Michael Thomas at seven. Nobody's taking Todd Gurley yet. All right, Ryan, are you going to take Todd Gurley here? Um, I'm certainly tempted. I'm going to take, I think I'm going to go wide receiver here though. Uh, I'll take my wide receiver three. Of course you mentioned Beckham and Hopkins as the top two. I'll take Juju Smith Schuster as my wide receiver three and, and the first pick here for me at the, at the seven spot. Okay. Uh, the eight spot. The, so yeah, we went. Yes. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. Eight Barkley, Camara, Zeke, McCaffrey. And then four wide receivers, Hopkins, Beckham, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster. Let me just spark some debate, Jamie. Maybe, Michael Thomas, you have overrated him in Dynasty. He's never had 150 targets. He's had right around there two straight years. He's never had double-digit touchdowns. And he may be playing his final season with Drew Brees. Uh-oh. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> All valid points. Um, I... Trust Sean Payton to uh, continue to make him a focal point of this offense, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater or whoever the quarterback may be of the future. Uh, that's also assuming that Michael Thomas stays in New Orleans. Okay. All right. So, Michael Thomas, it is. So now we are up to pick nine, and I cannot let the madness go on any longer. Todd Gurley will be my selection, ninth overall. Heath, tenth. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, Devontae Adams. Okay, Jamie? I'm going to take Mike Evans. What? Over Joe Mixon. Over Melvin Gordon. Over? Longevity. Okay. All right, so now we have pick number 12, Ryan. Finish out the first round. Yeah, Evans Evans would have been my pick there, so oh. I, I endorse <laughs> that one. Okay. Um, when you're when you're doing a dynasty draft, you have to know where those where those runs are, where those tiers are, and I think we're at the end of one. Uh, I'm really tempted to take Tyreek Hill, and if we hadn't hadn't been teased with this 
this, uh, these off-field issues and, and this news over the past few weeks, then he would easily be my pick here. But He would have been mine too. Yeah. It, for now, we just have to wait that out and, and, and see what happens. So instead, I will go with Melvin Gordon, reluctantly. Okay. So the, the guys, I, I think we should talk about Gurley. I'd love to know what you guys think about Nick Chubb. But Gurley is your – well, I see him number five, Ryan. So you've gone away from your rankings a little bit because you went with Gordon over Gurley and Mixon. So I'm sure these rankings are fluid. I don't know when you last updated them. Yeah, they, uh, they are fluid for sure. Um, I think Gurley was off the board, though. I, I certainly oh, yeah, taken, my bad. My bad. I took Gurley. That's right. Yeah, I, I certainly would have taken Gurley there. But, again, we're we're kind of in a wait-and-see mode with him, too. We, we've got this news of arthritis in the knee, and we know he, he obviously didn't finish the season on a strong note, sharing carries with C.J. Anderson. I think it's – it is a little bit comforting maybe for dynasty owners that the Rams haven't made a big push to, to keep Anderson in LA. So maybe, maybe that's a little bit of a vote of confidence. Um, I just haven't really seen a ton of analysis about arthritis in the knee at age 25, 26, whatever he is. I, I don't, I have no idea how that's going to impact him, honestly. Okay. And then, Nick Chubb, guys, I, I, I'm pretty sure he would have been a, a top 12 pick or maybe 13 or something like that. But you do have the Kareem Hunt situation. So, Jamie, where would you, where do you what do you think about the dynasty value for Nick Chubb? He, he's certainly in this range. I, I, I'd be surprised if Kareem Hunt comes off the suspension and plays well enough that Cleveland invests money in him. So I do think it's a one-and-done situation unless Chubb struggles and they decide that they're going to stick with Kareem Hunt, who's obviously still young enough that he can have a long NFL career, at least long enough at the running back position. But um, I think Chubb's dynasty value exceeds his seasonal value. Not that a seasonal value is bad, but I think, you know, he's he's their guy, barring uh, a step back in production or just uh, a, a dynamic change in situation that they feel like Kareem Hunt is going to be better long term. But um, I, I think this is the range where Nick Chubb is going to go, probably somewhere between 10 and 15 um, format specific as well. Yeah, I think I think he's right in this range. I actually have him one spot ahead of Todd Gurley. And I'm listen, I, I know that could be too low on Todd Gurley, but I'm just a little bit scared right now that one of two things happen. One, this knee thing just continues to be a problem and hurts his production. Or two, the Rams want to avoid this knee thing hurting his production, and so he, he doesn't get the type of workload that he's seen over the last two years. And, and and to one point that Ryan made, yes, the Rams have not done anything, but it was a little, I don't know, surprising, but they didn't match the, the offer sheet to Malcolm Brown. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they view him in the same light that they viewed C.J. Anderson, who they clearly signed off the street out of desperation. But if they like Malcolm Brown enough to be the number two guy there, he could take that C.J. Anderson role, and that could be what they're thinking. So... Uh, it could just be that that's where their end game is in terms of who's helping Todd Gurley get through this. Hey, Ryan, how's your bracket doing? Uh, it was doing well until last night. <laughs> took, oh, yeah? Took a hit in those first games, yeah. I think I, have, I still have seven of eight Elite Eight teams. I lost Michigan. But all my Final Four, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm beating all of the podcasters in our little podcast challenge. So I just wanted to brag to Jamie yeah. Heath about that. <laughs> you should. You Thank should. You. I think, uh, yeah, I, th- I lost Michigan and Tennessee last night. So my bracket got a little mm, busted. Never, ever pull for Rick Barnes. That's the one thing I know <laughs> I, about college basketball. He, I think we can all agree that we'd be willing to sacrifice our brackets as long as Duke and Kentucky both lose tonight. Oh, <laughs> disagree. I so badly <laughs> want to see a Duke UNC final. I would just, that would be great. That, that was less about Duke and more about Ryan. <laughs> Uh, right, you're a you're a Kentucky guy. I, I am a Kentucky fan. Yeah, I, I got you. Let me tell you something. I had uh, I was working for NCAA.com, which is part of CBS, and I went on this video project where we had to go to different stadiums. And I went to a Kentucky regular season game at Rupp Arena. It was against Vanderbilt. It was it had to be one of the three to five coolest basketball coolest sports experience I've ever seen. The fans are so unbelievably engaged. 
the arena. Did they still play there? They didn't. They didn't change arenas, did they? No. Yeah. Still. Still rep arena. It's so. It's just historic. It feels like you're a part of history. Uh, I, I'm throwing you a softball so you can talk about the greatness of Kentucky basketball. But I just want to say I had so much fun and I was just blown away by this regular season weeknight game. How amazing of an experience it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously the the tradition's pretty rich there. They're they're a fun team to to root for. So we'll see how it goes. I, I hope you got some of the ice cream while you were there, though. Uh, I don't think I did. Oh, you missed Ryan, that. you got to understand something that Adam went to school that has no tradition. No basketball. Oh. No basketball tradition. No, basketball. no, no tradition. Uh-huh. Right. Um, you know, so seeing anything of significance is, is eye-opening to him. Gotcha. Yeah, something like that. All right, hey, we're going to take a quick break. Oh, the reason I asked, by the way, is because you need to be watching your March Madness coverage on CBS Sports HQ. After the games last night, I put on HQ. Awesome analysis. Smart analysis. None of the fake debates. None of the politics that you see on the other networks. So watch CBS Sports HQ. Watch it on any of your streaming devices. And uh, download the CBS Sports app. It's all free. You don't have to sign up or anything. You can watch it. And you got fantasy content on there as well. So um, check it all out. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Heath and Ryan are going to debate some ranking stuff. Jamie will weigh in as well, and we'll be right back. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, let's get into some rankings discussions here. Quarterback. So Ryan has Aaron Rodgers eighth, and Heath has Aaron Rodgers fifth. These old quarterbacks, they last a long time. Ryan, I'll let you start. Eighth for Aaron Rodgers. That would be behind Mahomes, Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, Luck, Goff, Wentz, Russell Wilson, and then Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Carson Wentz, that's that's interesting. All right, go ahead, Ryan. Eighth for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Yeah, for me, this is this is more about building tiers. And, and once I rank players within a tier, th- as you said earlier, they're all pretty fluid. So for me, that tier right now includes Goff, Wentz, Wilson, and Rodgers. And, and it really just comes down to age. So Rodgers, 35 years old already, obviously the oldest of these these top 10 quarterbacks that we're talking about. And and that just kind of becomes the tiebreaker. So it's it's less of a knock on Rodgers and just more about uh, his his current situation in the league. And I want to clarify something because Adam, I think, has said rankings debates four times now. And he <laughs> sent me your rankings, and I specifically responded back with, I don't think we need to debate rankings. Here's some that are interesting to me. Well, I, who makes the decision? I think you do need to debate rankings. That's what the I, people oh, we want. We all know you're a dictator. That's what yes. the people want. <laughs> What is this? Why are you besmirching my reputation so much today? The people want rankings debates. They love rankings debates. The people want us besmirching your reputation. That, that is <laughs> true. Want. Okay, well, we can do both. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with anything that Ryan said. Age definitely does matter. It's shown here recently to matter a little bit less for older older quarterbacks. I pretty much expect Rodgers to give us close to the same level of production over the next four years. I do think that the best of Aaron Rodgers is better than the best of these other quarterbacks that are in this tier, and that's why I'd put him at the top. I can't put him up in that next tier with Andrew Luck, with Deshaun Watson, with Mayfield and Mahomes, but he's at the top of the second tier for me. Let's talk about the rookies or the second-year guys. So, Ryan, you have Mayfield second, and you have Sam Darnold 17th, and in between that, Lamar Jackson 10th, uh, Josh Allen's 20th, and then Josh Rosen's actually 19th. So, so Mayfield think, way ahead of the pack. Before he answers, I think we should clarify. Uh, Ryan, is this a six points for passing touchdowns or four points for passing touchdowns? Uh, I think we based that on on six points. Six points, okay. Okay, so again, it's Mayfield 2, then Lamar Jackson 10, Sam Darnold 17, Josh Rosen 19, Josh Allen 20. Guys ahead of Sam Darnold would be um, in between Lamar Jackson and Darnold. Garoppolo, Prescott, Jameis. Cousins, Trubisky, Stafford. I'd have to. That's one I'd have to disagree with. I, I mean, I can't pass up upside for Stafford. He's like the most boring guy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but but Mayfield too. He's where do you have Mayfield? Three. Is is this where we where we fight? He. Yeah. <laughs> what are you How crazy? Can you number two. Are you stupid? <laughs> Is he that much better than the rest of the rookie quarterbacks or second-year oh, quarterbacks? Well, Mayfield obviously got the bump with with the moves that they've made this offseason, namely, of course, trading for Odell Beckham Jr. I think I had Mayfield as my quarterback five before that trade, and that alone for me, with what we saw last year uh, as a rookie with um, a tough situation, I think is fair to say still. Uh, with with the coaching change and and all of that went into their uh, their 2018 season for him to still perform as he did put up the fantasy numbers that he did uh, and then add OBJ to that uh, it, it's fair I think again within that tier if you prefer Watson if you prefer Luck I think that's pretty understandable but I think he has to be somewhere in that two to four range. What I actually sent amongst these second second year quarterbacks was about Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen because I have Jackson one spot ahead of Allen, and I kind of felt like I was just doing a personal preference thing. So I was really happy to see somebody had Jackson ten spots ahead of Josh Allen because you're going to make me feel better about my ranking. Do you think Lamar Jackson's going to be a successful passer in the NFL? I think he's going to improve. Uh, I'm pretty confident in that because uh, being here in Louisville, I watched him throughout his college career, as as most people did across the country, honestly. But even starting out his first year, uh, and it was it was rough. <laughs> it was really rough, honestly. And I mean, if you'd asked me then, there's no way I thought he would ever be drafted as an NFL quarterback or, or get the chance to play quarterback in the league. Um, so I, I've seen him improve already, obviously a, a very different stage, very different level when you're talking about the ACC versus, versus the NFL. But I, I do think he can, can improve. And just from a strictly a, a fantasy perspective, once he started last year, all he did was give us seven straight top 10 quarterback games. Lamar Jackson. Wasn't, wasn't Allen better though? Allen was better at the end, I think, for sure. I mean, he he certainly had that run. Um, and and they are – those two guys have been linked really all offseason. We've seen a, a lot of debate with them because their, their passing game is questionable, their weapons are questionable on their respective teams, and, and obviously they, they both did most of their damage as runners. So, um, yeah, I mean, Heath is, Heath is probably right on this one, that they deserve to be closer than 10 spots apart that I have them. All right, moving on to running backs. Darius Geis was one that Heath wanted to specifically, f- I think he said, fight about. Yes. Uh, or, or maybe he was just going to say, hey, I love your rankings, and now it's making me feel better about my rankings. Because you, Ryan, have Darius Geis 13th, and Heath has him 18th. And uh, go ahead. What what are your expectations for Darius Geis? Well, I think he's in a tough situation, first of all. So 
I don't I don't want to defer right off the bat, but that Redskins that Redskins offense is going to be uh, pretty scary this season and, and not in a good way. Uh, I, I think Geis is going to be the entire offense. Um, I, at this point, I, I do believe, I trust that he's healthy, he's ready to go. And honestly, them re-signing Adrian Peterson doesn't scare me. I know some people are worried about that. And, and after the season he had, I, I guess I understand that. But uh, they invested a lot in Geis. I think he's easily the, the most talented offensive player on that team. And I think we're going to, you know, we're going to find out this year um, if if he's deserving of this ranking. He's 18th for you, five spots lower for guys. I just think he is a really good example of a couple of things in the problem of ranking dynasty players. Because I, I have a lot of belief in his talent. Before the injury, I thought he was maybe going to be the second best rookie running back last year. Um but that situation has just gotten so terrible and I don't have a lot of confidence in him this year. And I don't know that I see a path that they're going to be a lot better in the next two years, just because of what that Alex Smith contract does to them. And so that that's where I an 18 is about as high as I can get him believing he's an extremely talented running back. Their, their draft is going to be so important for any trades that they make in their draft because they have to address their quarterback situation. Uh, and, and they, talked about this jay gruden talked about this um i'm very curious and when i say that do they make a move up to try and get one of the two top guys do they settle for greer or or luck or jones or do they make a trade to get rosen because i think that's going to determine where they're where where guys is because i don't i don't know where guys ceiling is this year because of peterson still being there Next year, though, I think the Redskins could be an interesting team because I think there could be a quick path to respectability. They're not going to be like like Ryan said; they're not going to be very good this year. Um, they just have so many holes offensively to address, but they can they can turn things around quickly with the right guy under center, and but, and that could happen potentially for twenty twenty. But philosophically, I mean, how hard is it to rank someone that we've never seen play an NFL down, and before he even plays one, he's coming off a torn knee. I mean, you know, this time last year... We with, with the Hall of Famer, they're still producing in his backfield as well. Yeah, yeah. But even to predict the future and what kind of player Darius Geis is going to be, this time last year we would have probably had Ronald Jones fairly high as a, as a dynasty running back. Uh, and now he's 35th for Ryan. He was, he was a complete bust. He seems to be the exception to the rule. Guys drafted that early don't usually bust like that. But, you know, just how difficult is it for you guys to, to gauge what, how you want to feel about Darius Geis? I think it's tough. And I mean, guys is obviously kind of a unique situation. We've got a, a player who is a valuable asset in dynasty who even now, uh, I guess you can say a year into his career, we still haven't seen, but all dynasty owners are going to face this, this same issue here in, in about a month when we've got rookies now into these rankings and we have to place them and, right. and try to find where to value them and their new situation, their new draft capital, and, and and all of those different pieces that go into determining dynasty value. And then we have to compare those players to guys like Leonard Fournette, Carrion Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, uh, other players that are in this range. It's, it's difficult, and obviously you're going to have hits and misses. You're right. Ronald Jones was a guy that a lot of people liked. He was – he was probably ranked as a top 20 running back by many people uh, this time last year or, or soon after the draft. I think the thing with, with guys just in, in what you're talking about, Ryan, is the the rookie running backs are probably going to end up in timeshares, the majority of them, just given right. what the, the landscape of the NFL is. So that's a knock on them. The difference is, is that they're not going to a situation that is potentially as dire as this one. So and, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like with the with Washington scenario is you have to not only project out guys, you have to project out this team as much so as you know some of these other guys. Like I'm I'm trying to think of a team that's going to probably most likely take a running back. Let's say Oakland, you know, where at least you can see that they're trying to. I don't know if they're the right example, but you know, try. <laughs> no, they are. Look, they're they're they they're, they're making moves, but they're making moves with. Veterans. What was the you name know, of it, what was the positive name for tanking, Ryan? Productive struggle. Yeah, they did that last year. They traded. Yeah. They traded but, their but they're best not players. I'm, I'm trying to think of a team that's like built, building for something with youth. Okay, 
I don't know if there is one. I'm but sure. are the dolphins? Are they? Or are they just? You don't terrible? know that, that yet, though. You know, I, I guess the the point I'm trying to make is that the you know, the hope would be some of these rookies, even though they may end up in timeshares, that there may be uh, a path by next season that you could say, okay, I could see this. Geis is going to have a bigger role than these rookies this year, most likely if he's healthy. But it's still there's so many things that are pulling at him that don't necessarily help him reach what his ceiling could be. Whereas, what's what's the end result 2020? Like it, as a if I'm doing a startup dynasty league now with Darius Geis, I'm looking at him more so 2020 than I am 2019. Sure. Yeah, yeah I, I am as well. And and maybe that's you know maybe that when it comes down to it, that's the difference in, in my rankings and Heath's rankings. I have a little bit more of a long term view. Heath said earlier that. Uh, he he kind of plays to win now every year, which is obviously uh, understandable and and nothing wrong with with either direction. But if you have a long term view, guys gets a little bit of a bump. Thinking I, I can't start him this year, but in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, I trust the talent. Uh, well, you could start him this year. I mean, you know, hopefully, like you said, Ryan, and and I think a lot of people will agree with you that he's the better of the two guys, even showing what Peterson did last year. Because the hope is that guys comes off the knee. He shows what he was showing in camp last season, uh, what what he showed at LSU, and is able to you know hit the ground running and and makes the team around him better in some capacity. And look, Case Keenum, if he's the stopgap now at quarterback, he's serviceable. Uh, the line will be serviceable. Jay Gruden says Jordan Reed will be healthy. Um, that'll help. But there's just it just feels like there's just so many things that he's got to overcome. Peterson bad play around him you know everything the acl all those things the infection that he suffered it's just it, it's i i i love darius guys he was my second favorite running back in this class last year and i love that you're aggressive ranking him in this spot i hope he lives up to it that's my fear i uh i do want to ryan touched on something that has nothing to do with darius guys maybe this will be a segue but i do want to kind of say one thing about the now or later strategy just remember that the worst place in a dynasty league is not last place. It's not next to last place. Mm -hmm. It's the best team that doesn't make the playoff. Sure. And you don't want to be that team very often. Well, we have, we have a good example of that. And, and you know, uh, Ryan can, can attest to this as well. I'm sorry, Dave's not here, but in the dynasty league that Heath started, we're now entering year three. Dave took a win now approach with his roster. He drafted Le'Veon Bell and Jordy Nelson, I believe were his first two picks. Um, maybe you can find it, Heath, while I'm talking about it. What what he drafted Tom Brady early. He drafted uh uh I for, I forget who else, but he kind of put himself in a position where he was set up that first year to win, and he just missed in the semifinals. He would have played me in the finals, um, and he may have ended up beating me. His second year was awful because Bell killed him. Jordy was his number one receiver. He didn't really plan at that position entirely. He has good young players. He has, I think, um, he has one of the young quarterbacks. Well, he had Kareem Hunt also. He had Kareem Hunt. Uh, that, that killed him last year also. But um, he, he set himself up, and, and we had this conversation. He, he, he drafted with the idea of, I'm going to try and win now, and then I'll manage the future as it goes. And I think that's something that can end up really handicap, handicapping you if, in fact, it doesn't work out for you winning a, a championship, if that's your, your, your end goal. I think the thing is, that if it goes bad, let it go real bad. Sure. Uh, tank. <laughs> um, and then there's another team. We'll stop with the rankings debates. I want to get to some emails here. There's another team in the league that uh, Ryan and I are in. George Kritikos. I hope I pronounced his name right. He came yep, on our that's yeah. correct. He came on our podcast, I think, in August to talk Dynasty. And I just thought his draft was so interesting because it was a startup. Was, last year was the first year. It was a startup Dynasty draft, and he went Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson. So four wide receivers, then two quarterbacks. This was a you know super flex league, PPR with three flexes. He play a lot of guys. Then he took Darius Geis and Ronald Jones. Those were his first two running backs, and Geis had already torn his ACL. So I, I like it seemed obvious that he wasn't going to have a good year, and he didn't. He went five and nine, but he knew that. So he was just trying to stockpile for the future. He's got amazing receivers: Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Cooper, Brandon Cooks. Later on, he got Will Fuller. Dante Pettis. He had Hunter Henry, another guy that was totally a punt for 2018. I don't know how his team is going to be because his quarterbacks, they they could be great. They're Prescott, Lamar Jackson, and did he have Josh Allen? Uh, yes. Quarter, uh, so Prescott, Jackson, and Josh Allen. His receivers are loaded. He has Hunter Henry. His running backs are terrible. 
as I look at it right now. Darius Geis, maybe. Ronald Jones, Jordan Wilkins, Deontay Foreman, Mark Walton. It just didn't really work out. So it's tough. I mean, a little bit of luck here or there. He could have had an amazing team for this year and suffered one bad year of dynasty and been set up for years. Maybe he just needs to make a trade or two, and he's fine. But uh, I just thought it was interesting. George basically, I felt like he, he just punted on 2018, and I'm very interested to see what happens in 2019. Yeah, that's that's productive struggle. That's what it is. Um, he, he's got a high draft pick now. He's going to get one of these top rookies. And I've been able to to pull that off, basically going from from worst to first from from one year to the next. And that's that's kind of the dream scenario. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm interested to see how uh, how his team does this next year. Yeah, he, he wasn't quite bad enough. He, he came in fourth <laughs> to last. So uh, we'll see what he can do in the first round there. Okay, so I want to read emails, and Ryan, I know I, I'm keeping you longer than I told you, so anytime you need to hop off, let me know. We can finish up. Uh, we're good to go. Okay, cool. That's, that's what I wanted to hear. Uh, I need to know a movie question. Is Jerry Maguire a sports movie? Uh, I will say yes. Are you sure? Man, I want you to think. Answer. I just want you to think about it. Okay. Like, no, no, no. Don't change his mind. I, I'm not saying what I believe. I just. I think about it. You, I, I, you think about it. You, he doesn't have to think about it. He gave the right answer. <laughs> he gave the wrong answer. I don't want to embarrass him because he gave the Man, wrong you're answer. Such a moron. Oh, all right, fine. Jerry Maguire, not a sports movie. So, emails fantasyfootballcbsi.com. This is from Garrett. Half PPR dynasty. Who would you rather have, Jarvis Landry or Cooper Cup? Ryan, I'll give this one to you. Uh, based on the changes that we've seen this off season, I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. Uh, uh, I think they, they kind of play a similar role for their teams, but I think Beckham is just going to soak up targets there in that Browns offense. And we already saw Landry, uh, his his volume dip from his time in Miami to that first year in Cleveland. So I'll go with Cup here. Okay, you have Cup two spots higher than Landry. Any disagreements, guys? No, no. I've, got him, I've got him further apart than that, so I agree, Cup. Okay, no rankings fight. This is from Jason. <laughs> From anywhere of Heath's choosing. See, Ryan's not used to my cheesy jokes, so he's laughing at all my stuff, and it's just excellent. Um, Jason, is it anywhere from Heath's choosing? Where is he from, Heath? Uh, um, Lawrence, Kansas. Okay. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, hey, uh, Scrooge, Launchpad, and Beagle Boy number two. Uh, no idea. Ten-team, two-quarterback league, three wide receivers. Two running backs, one flex. It is non-PPR, and it's dynasty. I am trying to figure out a good offer for draft picks, including the number one overall. I have seen more than one online trade calculator that seems to consistently rate the number one overall pick more valuable than anyone not named Zeke and Saquon. This is insanity, in my opinion. I realize team needs are always a huge part of any trade, but in a vacuum, can you suggest players that you feel are equal to the 2019 number one number one overall rookie pick. Well, I think this kind of um, would illustrate a problem with a dynasty value trade value calculator that stays the same each year, because the number one pick this year is not worth what the number one pick last year was, and it'd be very difficult to make a trade calculator that didn't do that. It almost has to, but I would agree with you that the number one pick's not worth more than anyone named Zeke or Saquon. But there's a lot of guys that are worth more than that. Wait, so so who would you trade for the number one overall pick? W- would you trade like a back end of round two kind, kind of player? Stefan Diggs. No. I think this year I'd rather have Diggs. Ryan may disagree. Yeah, Diggs is kind of the range I was thinking of uh, looking at our ADP at DLF. Typically we'll see the top rookies come off the board and in the late second, early third round. I think that probably won't be the case this year. I think you can drop at least a full round lower. So now you're talking about late third round range. Diggs is actually in the uh, the early third. So late third, you're looking at guys like Kenny Galladay, Sony Michelle, Leonard Fournette. Uh, that's, that's probably the range you would look for if, if you're uh, trying to acquire one of those Early first. Yeah, I'd still rather have all those guys. 
I would tr- I would trade Fournette for the first overall pick, but I'd rather every other name you said I'd rather have them than the first overall pick. By the way, Scrooge Launchpad and Beagle Boy number two are Ducktales, which is arguably the greatest TV theme song ever. This is an email from what? Oh, have you heard it? Yes, yes. It's so it's really good. It's, it's nowhere close to the Dukes of Hazard. The Dukes of Hazard is so or Saved boring. by the Bell. All right, Ryan, what's the best? Saved by the Bell is good. What's the best TV theme song? Um, that's a good one. Uh, of these choices, I'm going Dukes of Hazard. There we go. Now Ryan are <laughs> on the same page. It's uh, it's Growing Pains, but also, but Ducktales is right up there. Oh, right. I'm surprised you didn't sing it. You know I want to. G. Tomlinson says, PPR, 12 teams, 5 point per passing touchdown. I can only protect 18 of 25 players on my roster. I won't be able to keep all three of my quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, Jameis Winston, and Baker Mayfield. I'd like to trade one. I would prefer to keep Rodgers, but uh, what kind of value should I... Who should I trade and what kind of value should I expect if he's trading Rodgers, Jameis Winston, or Baker Mayfield? Was that a super flex league? I don't think so. No. Yeah. It's PPR. I, I'm, I'm, like I said earlier, in, in a one quarterback league, you're not going to get much value. Uh, Mayfield would obviously be the one I would keep there. Uh, Rogers has more value than Winston. So he's, I, I know he, he said he would like to keep Rogers, but Rogers would be the one I would, I would dangle there. And um, if, if you can get anything equivalent to a, Late first round rookie pick. I think you have to take that. And I, I, I think that's the best approach because late first round is somebody that's in win now mode, and they'd be more apt to take on Rodgers as opposed to not that any of these quarterbacks are going to be bad if Winston takes the step forward that I think most people are hoping for with the coaching change. But that's the type of team that could use one of these quarterbacks as opposed to a team that's rebuilding. And th- that, w- that unless you're trading Mayfield, obviously. Like this email perfectly explains what Ryan said earlier about one quarterback dynasty leagues. Right. It's just almost impossible to trade quarterbacks. Nick from Tampa needs us to save a friendship. I share a dynasty league with a friend and we got proposed the trade that I want to take, but he does not. So help settle this fight and save their friendship. We would get Sammy Watkins Royce Freeman and the fifth pick of, of the second round in 2019 and a 2020 first round pick. So Watkins, Royce Freeman, fifth pick of round two, and then next year, first round pick. And we would give up Amari Cooper. The kicker is we own Tyreek Hill and Philip Lindsay. So Watkins and Freeman would sort of serve as handcuffs. So he wants to give up Cooper for two players and two picks. His friend, or former friend anyway, does not. <laughs> Ryan saved their friendship. These are the types of trades I like to make in the offseason, consolidation trades. You're taking a bunch of pieces that probably are not going to start for you in, in a best-case situation, and you're getting hopefully a, a stud-wide receiver. So I think in this case, uh, this, this listener has Cooper. I would keep Cooper. I, I would agree. I would keep Cooper. Yeah, you're taking somebody else's junk. Okay. Yep. Like what? What? What's the upside there? The twenty twenty first round pick, probably. If well, the other team is bad. I think as the well, Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill yeah. is done playing football. As the Tyreek Hill, owner, but does that I, I make Sammy it's... Watkins a star? Because he can't stay healthy. No. Okay. Next email is Pat from Kashmir, Wisconsin. I stashed Chris Warren in a, in a dynasty league. Uh, it seems he would have a path to touches at the moment. Now he sent this before the Isaiah Crowell signing. But Ryan, what's your take on Chris Warren in the Dynasty League, in a Dynasty League? Yeah, this is. I think you mentioned this early in the show. This is part of Dynasty Leagues that we we like to to really dig in and, and find the the deepest sleeper possible. And last off season, that was Chris Warren, uh, and people are still kind of holding on hope for that. They've added Crowell now. They still have Jalen Richard, who I like a lot. And I still expect them to to draft someone, so I, I think we can probably let Chris Warren go away now. <laughs> okay. Uh, any disagreement there? I think it just a lot of that depends on when your roster deadlines are. Um, I have leagues where I'm allowed to carry more than the 40 man roster. Um, 
during the off season. If that's the case, I'm probably not letting him go until my commissioner tells me I have to. But yeah, if if you got some sort of cut down coming or if you need to make room for draft picks, then let him go. All right, let's do a few more emails here. We won't get to all of them, but I will read the rest on, I think we'll have a show on Monday on that show. Uh, Connor from Illinois says, 12-team standard scoring, four point per passing touchdown, and two quarterback leagues. We can keep four players every year. Not exactly a dynasty, but I'll, I'll allow it anyway. So it's a two-quarterback league. Again, it's non-PPR and four point per passing touchdown. Jamie, pick one of these three to keep. Russell Wilson, David Johnson, or Dalvin Cook, and he's already keeping Christian McCaffrey, Julio Jones, and Odell Beckham, which is amazing. But would you keep Russell Wilson, David Johnson, or Dalvin Cook in this 2QB league? David Johnson. All right, done with that email. Ryan from Michigan. Dear George, John, Thomas, and James. (laughs) They're presidents. These are presidents. I was the owner of Gronk in my 10-team dynasty league, and I need to replace him. I have Najoku and Ian Thomas... But I'm nervous with all the weapons in Cleveland that Najoku will not be reliable. Where do you rank Najoku? Do you think I would be better trying to trade for someone like O.J. Howard or stick with the two guys I have? Ryan, what do you think? I like the two guys he has. Uh, I, I do kind of share some of that concern that I, I like both of those, again, long-term when you're talking dynasty. I don't know, don't know how comfortable I am with either in 2019. Trading for O.J. Howard might be kind of the uh, same situation, though. If I'm trading, I'm going to try to get a cheap guy who can bridge that that year until those two young guys are ready. So uh, Kyle Rudolph, Vance McDonald, Jared Cook, his price just went up, but maybe he's still a a reasonable target. Those would be the guys I would be looking for in trade. Get Greg Olson for nothing. Right, as the Ian Thomas owner, that makes sense. I don't really trust Greg Olson to be good anymore, though. I don't even know he's going to play, but, I mean, you're, you could probably get him for nothing. Okay, here's a, an email, last one of the day. Comes from, where's your name? Brian, from a city between Los Angeles and San Francisco. Ooh, I don't know my geography well enough in California. Sacramento? No. 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 Definitely definitely not Sacramento. <laughs> wow. Jerry Maguire land? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Um, okay, so Brian's question is twelve half PBR, twelve team. You know, it's like, like that's a big that's like a six hour drive. You sure Sacramento is not in there? I think Sacramento is not in there. Okay. So half PBR, twelve team, one flex. I can keep a total of seven running backs and wide receivers. Must be four of one and three of the other. So he has James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, Marlon Mack, Aaron Jones. Kenyon Drake and Ronald Jones, and he can keep up to four of them. I'm just going to say you're not keeping Kenyon Drake and Ronald Jones. So he's got Connor, Le'Veon Bell, Marlon Mack, and Aaron Jones. Wide receivers are Beckham, Cooper, Chris Godwin, and A.J. Green. So between Beckham, Cooper, Godwin, A.J. Green, James Connor, Le'Veon Bell, Marlon Mack, and Aaron Jones, which one player are you throwing back? Or, or trading or whatever. It's probably Marlon Mack for me. Uh, he's uh, of of these eight players, and I agree, Drake and and Jones, Ronald Jones can be eliminated pretty easily. So uh, of these next eight, Mack is the one that that I trust the least. I'm confused by your question, Adam, because it says he can keep a to- total of seven running backs plus wide receivers, and he gave us like eleven names. He well, can we keep we eliminated seven guys, and the combination has to be four of one and three of the other. Right, and he gave us. Six running backs. And we eliminated and, Kenyon Drake right, have, and Ronald Jones. We have to Jones. Will it down to seven. Oh, Kenyon Drake's gone and Marlon Mack's gone. Who no, no, no. Kenyon Drake and Ronald Jones are gone, which that, left that's us That's the guys that Adam eliminated, Kenyon okay. Drake and Ronald Jones, which doesn't make the most sense. What I what I would actually try and do, uh, who's this, Brian, um, is see how much you can get for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, you try to trade him and keep everyone else? Well, I mean, you should keep him because he's he's clearly in the best seven for 2019. But where is he after that? And oh, I've yeah. confirmed Sacramento is definitely not between San Francisco I, and Los Angeles. Yeah, I have no, I have no idea. San Jose and San Baker. Jose. Yes. Yeah. San Jose, Sacramento, first two letters are the same. Uh, also, Brian says, love the show, Pete Briscoe. And then he has the beer emoji. But it's actually it's Pete Prisco with a P, 
So you just drank for no reason, Brian. I am sorry about that. <laughs> I am happy for you. <laughs> Final thing. Um, listen, Ryan, there's like one football game in the entire movie. And I don't even think, I don't even think we see like the final score. I mean, we just see that play where basically he gets hurt. There's almost no football. There's almost no sports in the whole movie. There has, there has, to, there has to be a full game for it to be a sports. There movie. has to be something. There's no the sports. Well, don't there is. Matter. They show him in practice. They show him practice uh, snippets of games. This is Allen Iverson's sports movie. So, it's so practice. How, how many how many actual baseball games are played in Sandlot? But several. More, more th- games. More than more than Jerry Maguire, huh? If the movie, look, this is my tagline. If it were a sports movie, it'd be called Rod Tidwell. Why? Because it would be about Rod Tidwell. It's not about him. It's about love. It's it's romance. It's a rom com. You lose these debates every time. I think outside <laughs> the box, Ryan. Thank you for coming on. It's been great to have you on Fantasy Football today. Yeah, guys, it's been a blast. Thanks hey, for having. Tell me. us Thanks, about Ryan. your podcast real quick before we let you go. How how we can hear you. Sure, I've, I've got a few. Actually, you can uh, check me out on the Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and also on the uh, DLF Dynasty podcast. Beautiful. I'm glad we got to do this. We'll read more Dynasty emails on our next show. This has been one productive struggle for Ryan McDowell, Heath Cummings, and Jamie Eisenberg. I'm Adam Azer. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. <laughs>